Let's go ahead and kick this off. We'll just wing it and see what happens. Sounds good. What is up, Nerf Herders? It is time for The Nap Season 2, Episode 2. We are in and uh, comfortable. I, like, I'm like I'm actually feeling really good in this chair right now. It's actually pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm glad you are. <laughs> yeah. So, it's... I, I think just, like, as we were talking before we started recording, it's just, it's been kind of a slow week as far as, uh, as far as pop culture news and, and whatnot. So it wasn't a whole hell of a lot to talk about, but there, there were a few things. I don't know. How, I don't know how major they're going to end up being like Bob Iger retiring. Uh, when, when I, when I think about it in the grand scale, I really do feel like it might influence some things but i also feel like he's probably so high up in the disney corporate ladder it's like how much input did he have really he's been credited like with many... a lot i mean he's definitely people are definitely referring to this as an end of an era type thing and you know i mean he's he's definitely you know had his hands in a lot how much he did specifically or maybe he just mentored it but um i mean it's uh what is that? The major thing is the the Disney stock performance um, since he took over in two thousand five went from twenty three point eight to one hundred and eight point two. So he's um, hmm. he's definitely uh, he's definitely you know done some good for the company. I mean. I, I just it just makes me wonder because when I, whenever I hear CEO, like I automatically just think lazy fuck who. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like he wasn't a lazy fuck all the way up until CEO, but then he gets there and it's like, all right, now I just say yes no to a board of people, and that and that's it. It's like I, I I don't think of that person on the front lines getting the work done, um, but that's. My reasons are for a completely different reason, but I mean, <laughs> honestly, f- during his era, we did get some pretty amazing Disney content, and him backing out now, just as Disney Plus is like jumping, like he's actually not even backing out. From what it sounds like, he's uh, still going to be involved. He's just not going to be like the CEO. It's like he's taking like a, a like a lesser, less intense position or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I gotta find it. I gotta find it here in the article. I can't remember what the exact title was, but but yeah, he's dropping down to uh, another role, uh, which yeah, <clears throat> I mean, he's taken over the role of executive chairman. Yeah, and and he wants to. Um, he said he. I mean, he's still got some stuff to do, but you know, I, I get it that. I mean. There was there was an announcement and everything, but a lot of these like CNN business said that Iger's announcement caught Disney employees and rival media executives off guard. Some say they were stunned and in shocked about his sudden departure, but it it's really well, not. He sudden. had been talking about retiring for a long time. Yeah, and he actually laid this all out last year at the Disney Investor Day. So he told the investors and everybody a year ago said that 2021 will be the time for me to finally step down. So it's not yeah. like he was going to wait until 2021 and then just walk out of the building. There's obviously a transition. There's a lot of stuff that needs to happen on the road to that. 
So this isn't really like anything he hasn't already told us about. This is just like the steps to achieve what he said was going to happen. I mean, that's next year. It's 2020, people. So, of course, there's going to be a year or more of transitions for something this big. So it's not it's not some sudden thing, you know. And I, at least I'm glad that nobody's, like, you know, dipping down into the, oh, is there a controversy that we haven't heard about or anything like that? I mean, I, no one's, like, tried that yet. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that hasn't happened yet. But... Oh, it has. Well, I mean, it definitely. <laughs> uh, if it has, it I mean, hasn't happened for, on a big enough scale for me to notice it. Well, nothing from anywhere reputable. I mean, uh, I, mean right. I mean, if you walk through a supermarket, I saw. I think I saw like one of those headlines on one of those shitty tabloid magazines. Oh, well, said the yeah. real reason Bob's leaving or something the like that. Real reason, yeah. It's like <laughs> you know what the real reason is. He's been CEO of like the most. The like the largest entertainment company in the country right now, and he's fucking tired for fifteen years, <laughs> yeah. man. I mean, fifteen yeah. years. Lots of vacation. Been CEO. Yeah, and you and know, he's, I, he's I, got the money to take a Disney cruise by himself. <laughs> the whole cruise, which probably the isn't whole that, cruise. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he probably would. He'd probably be able to write it off as a business thing too. Is like I'm just checking to make sure the crew's doing what they need to do. Right. This is an inspection and cruise with coronavirus. I wasn't getting on this boat with anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not gonna have this be like the whatever the the Diamond Princess, <laughs> whatever that was that yeah. basically turned into a floating pandemic. But I mean, no, I I think it's I think it's pretty simple and straightforward. It's just like yeah, I've been doing this for a long fucking time. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> let somebody else be in charge. Or now that Star Wars is done, and <laughs> the Infinity Saga is done, yeah, and Disney Plus is released. All of the major projects that I really wanted to foresee are are out the door. We'll let somebody else come in and see what they can do. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. And I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know, he, he it's not like the CEO is on the front lines, but he did no. um he did, you know, sign off on a lot of big things in his career. I mean, look at Disney's past. And, and just look at the last decade and what's all happened with Disney. I mean, they they acquired Lucasfilm. They acquired Marvel Entertainment. They acquired Pixar Animation Studios, all during his time as CEO. Those are three Fox. huge things. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, Fox, no wonder National they Geographic. own like everything, like every big movie of the year, just because they own those three. Thanks. You know, remember when Disney made their own movies that weren't one of those three things? It, it's crazy. So, yeah, uh, he's I mean, he's definitely uh, signed off on a lot of things. And did he put all the work into making that happen? No, but he, you know, he definitely put in some work. So, I mean, good on him. And 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 way to leave when you're on a high note, for sure. I'm sure part of his yeah. thinking is like, OK, somehow I made it through all of this. We've got Disney Plus launched. Now's the time to leave. <laughs> it's like, all right, people are still 50-50 on Star Wars. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I would think it would be absolutely hilarious if he was like, you know what? These these modern remakes of all of our Disney classics are actually kind of starting to suck, so we, I better bail. I better bail now. I better bail. <laughs> we'll, leave, <laughs> we'll leave this other dude uh, to, to handle it. 
Uh, yeah. I think it's another Bob, actually. It is <laughs> another just, Bob, they're, yeah. They're just getting a new Bob. Bob Chapek, chairman oh, God, of Walt Disney Parks and Experiences. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think you know what? Bob Chapek sounds a lot less like a villain than Bob Iger does. <laughs> I don't know why, but Iger just sounds like a Bond villain name. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, great Bond villain, though. He pulled off some great shit. If Bond had wanted to come in and interrupt what Iger was working on, I'd been like, you know, I'm kind of on the bad guy's side this time around. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder, I I wonder like, with him leaving, um, with him stepping up as CEO, I wonder who's going to take uh, his position as chairman of the parks and experiences. Because, you know, I mean, Star Wars Galaxy Edge, is no, it's no secret that it's not performing as well as everybody wanted it to. So I wonder, I wonder what they're going to do to, uh, you know, who they're going to put in that spot to try to breathe new life into that. Because, I mean, it's only been out for like a year and people are already reporting on the disappointment of it. So I wonder what they're going to do. It's kind of hard to capture new magic when you go to Disneyland nowadays because expectations are so high now. Right. Um, so, like, like I thought about heading out for there for that, but, I mean... It wasn't the uh, it wasn't the poor reviews that were getting me. It just well, first of all, I don't want to be around that many people. Right. At one point, in t- at one time, because <laughs> like I've never been to Disneyland or Disney World. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. And I figured that if I was gonna go, like now would be the time because they've got this massive amount of Star Wars stuff in there. I'm a big Star Wars nerd. That's like the that's like the perfect time for me to go. Right. And especially if especially if the reviews are kind of down and they're they're desperate to try and pull people in. But a lot of people haven't been convinced yet. So they're like, oh, we'll wait a little while. No, I'm going to go now. Well, the park's more empty than it usually is. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to their credit, they have been enforcing like a headcount type thing. But yeah. I mean, I just remember when all of the initial footage of of. Uh, Galaxy's Edge was releasing and all of the like the the art stuff and all of the like the screen captures of people walking around the Millennium Falcon and all I could think of was there are four people in this whole picture no way in hell are you ever going to get that experience <laughs> you know it's just even with the head count they're still saying it's too crowded and I mean you know that's just how it is that's theme parks but um, and it's not like, the, you know, other ones haven't pulled it off, like Harry, the Harry Potter, you know, world or whatever that's called. That's really done well over the years. And they're about to launch the Marvel uh, theme park. So, but um, yeah, I mean, this guy is already leaving a huge job with managing that. So now he's going to become a CEO. And 15 years from now, I wonder what we're going to see him do. Because it's, I mean, can they acquire anybody else? I mean, going back to last week's conversation, can, are they going to actually try to acquire DC Comics? Because what else? What other? <laughs> who else do they have to acquire? Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, it's it's a good question. They go after I mean, Warner Brothers, Disney's Warner Brothers. Oh man, if they, jeez, <laughs> only imagine. They get a hold of Warner Brothers. I mean, isn't that like? Doesn't Warner Brothers already have a bunch of the DC universe stuff too? So, yeah, I mean, I mean that'd that's, be a that's yeah. That'd be a that'd be. <laughs> they're like, no, we can't get a hold of DC, so we'll just get a hold of who owns DC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why not? The Oscars um, uh, come up with a category: best non-Disney film. 
I mean, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna have to at some point. <laughs> I don't know how many how many Disney films have actually been making it in there. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like even su- even pseudo Disney, like under the own studios. Right. That'd be that'd be a good one. Like I'll have to do a deep dive on that. Yeah. Do you think that? Uh, <laughs> do you think Bob Iger got out when uh, all of these uh, these like studio fixes to the rise of Skywalker started showing up and how the studio was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's, that's what definitely pushed how it out. happened. If that makes you happy, <laughs> that's it. It's like, Oh yeah. Palpatine was a clone and Ray and Kylo's kiss was not romantic at all. It's like, yeah, if that, if that makes the fans happier, sure. Why not? Yeah. So this is, these two things are coming out. They, they must've just released the novelization of the movie. Um, because all the headlines are about yep. that. So I, I, I would have thought that the novel would have released closer to the movie release date, but I guess maybe they're like, hold the presses. We gotta, we gotta add some stuff. But yeah, so those, the, like, those I remember, are the two big things. I remember back when, uh, episode one, uh, was coming out cause I was, I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was super excited for it and I can't, but, and I can't remember what the exact chain of events was. But uh, I didn't get the chance to go and see the movie right away, uh, and so I ended up getting the novelization of it first. Yeah. And so that was and so that was what I read. Now I don't like it's been a long time. So I mean, what like, gosh, probably like Since 20, episode one? twenty years ago. Oh yeah, long time. Yeah, long time ago. I can't remember what it was, but like at the time, I also I was also the target market for that film at the time. So sure. uh, if there were any major differences, that, that, that'd actually be really good to go through actually like I'd, to read the novelizations of the prequel films to see if they do anything uh, better for me than the movies did. But at the same time, the, the timing in which the novelization came out does make me kind of wonder. It's like, okay, did the movie come out and then they, I mean, there were already jokes about how the movie was written by Reddit anyway. <laughs> right. But, but like, how much of the novelization was uh, tweaked when they were like, okay, the fans really didn't like this element of the story. What can we do here? Like, how can we, how can we salvage it? And if they decide to make that... Like, first of all, George Lucas went through and added shit to uh, all of the films. All of them. Right. For for the Blu-ray release. Right. Why not just go in there and take some shit out? <laughs> right. It's like, hey, that kiss was kind of unnecessary. Well, go and fucking cut it out of there. Open up Premiere. <laughs> do, do a couple cut clicks. I don't care. Put in a fade transition. Then we're good. Well, it was it's, necessary. It wasn't, it wasn't necessary to the plot, but it was necessary to check that box for, our, for the amount of people that wanted it. Just like every other oh, thing yeah. in that movie. Yeah. It was all about... Have we checked this box yet? And to, to your comment, it'd be hilarious if the novelization was like just a printed uh, Reddit thread, you know, <laughs> like it's formatted, like you would read it on Reddit, but it's in a book. But uh, yeah, like when I was a kid, uh, I remember reading the novelization for the first X-Men movie before getting to see it in theaters because, you know, I didn't, I was a kid. I didn't get to go see movies on opening night. It was whenever my parents you know were able to take me so yeah 
I'd go to the gas station yep, or whatever. That was my situation too. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd go find the novelization and I'd read it. And the novelization would usually release in like the weeks or the month before to kind of get you hyped. And mm-hmm. sure, there were things in the novelization that weren't in the movie, but it was usually supplemental. It wasn't uh, c- course correction. And a lot of people are calling this book, as well as other stuff, ever since Disney has taken over uh, Star Wars, they've been accused of course correction in their alternate media. So, like, you know, things that didn't make sense in um, Force Awakens or The Last Jedi, they would kind of finesse a little bit more or provide a little bit more background in the comics or in this case, in the novelization. So they've been accused of doing that since day one. And I get it. Like, it's pretty blatant in most of those situations, though. Yeah. But, I mean, just like before, before Disney owned it, and we had the extended universe of, of canon books, sure, that always added extra content. But now, it is, it is course correction. It is, we didn't have time or we didn't do it properly in the movie. So now, if you if you say something bad about that, we're going to be like, well, in this comic book, in issue four uh, of the supplemental comic mm-hmm. book, we explained it, and so now you can't uh, bitch about it. And that's really, I mean, that's just, I get it. There's more content. There's all this content. It's a universe. But in my mind, if it's not on the screen, it doesn't count. And especially in this case, you know, it just, I saw the movie. I don't need to read a book to make, to have it make sense. If the movie didn't make sense, then that's a fail. And I I didn't, I actually liked uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, I get a lot of the the negativity around it and I can, I can throw shade at it all day, but um, it just seems like this has like been Disney's model since they took over Star Wars. That you know they won't put it all on screen, and they'll course correct if they have to in their supplemental materials. I mean, do you feel like that's like an established business model to try and get people who felt like they didn't get enough to buy the novelizations and stuff like like another money grab? Because that's what the that's a lot of the accusations that I see is that they're doing it specifically so people end up going out and buying the comics and buying the novelizations so they can fill in those gaps when I honestly like, you know what? I'd, I'd love to see it. And I've said it before. I, I would love to see director's cuts of these last three films. <laughs> a lot of people like, would. A lot I'd of love people. to like, I'd love to see, I'd love to see what JJ and Ryan Johnson had uh, before the studio was like, you know what? We we're gonna have to cut these things for time because just out of, just out of the stuff that we've heard about from deleted scenes, that that might explain a few things or might actually do some. I mean, you can't call it course correction if it had been in the movie, but that's essentially what that's almost what deleted scenes are now. And be like, oh yeah, this was cut for time, or this was cut because this didn't quite make sense, or something like that. But a lot of the time, it seems to be more. You know what? We're cutting this for time because an audience's attention spans just aren't that long anymore. And it's like, well, bullshit. Endgame was fucking three hours long. Yeah, but uh, I, I the think the Lord of the Rings extended editions. I, I love those things. I would love to see extended editions of the Star Wars films. Right. They're fucking like four hours. But I don't. They, they take forever to watch. They're amazing. I don't think that's the case. Honestly, I don't think. I think that's a scapegoat. That oh hey, we had to. 
we're, we'll blame it on the kids with the short ex, uh, the ex, um, with the short attention spans. We'll blame it on time and money. I uh, a lot of the stuff that they've shared after each one of these films that got most people excited was old storyboard stuff or concept art that they never actually got around to shooting. I you know just like every movie, there's always going to be those alternate scripts, those those things that they decided against. And at the end of the day, whether it was Disney, whether it was JJ or Ryan or Colin Trevero or a mix of all three of them that decided, you know what, we're going to go the most safest route and then we're going to go the most extreme route. And then for the third movie, we're going to go back to safe, so much safe that we're just copy pasting from Reddit. Um, They made those creative decisions. So I really, while there are deleted scenes out there on the cutting room floor, I think the things that got most people excited were the scripts they didn't shoot and the concept art they didn't shoot because they didn't want to take those risks. They didn't want to, you know, like the, the, I remember everybody getting stoked about the concept art of them bringing back Anakin Skywalker um, and, and what's his face, the actor that played him. And a lot of people were like, you know what, we hate him from the prequels, but we would have liked to see what they could have done to kind of redeem him. Um, and the actor hasn't done much since, you know, Jumper or whatever he did last. But yeah, yeah. Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen, uh, that's his name. And I kind of like that guy. I would have liked to see them try to do something with him to add a little more depth, to, you know, maybe a little redemption. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just Honestly, excuses. seeing him in other movies would have been was enough to convince me that you know what actually it wasn't just that uh seeing him in other movies and seeing the changes uh like because i'd watched the vhs tapes uh before i had gotten the blu-ray like that like those were the versions that i watched over and over and over again mm-hmm. and they were the and at the beginning of just about every single one of them there was an interview with george lucas and I can't remember who the I can't remember what the guy's name was who uh, who interviewed him, but like you saw him all the time in like in the film world. Um, but he was an interviewer, like that was his job. Mm-hmm. God, I'm blanking on his name super hard. But he was he was interviewing George Lucas uh, before every copy of the before every movie. Um, they were just kind of like talking about certain things, and there was an ad or like a commercial of some sort. That basically said the that the version you were watching was like the the theatrical version of it one last time, and uh, I remember thinking back to that when uh, when I bought up the Blu-rays, I was thinking I was like, yeah, of course they thought it was going to be one last time, but they've got prequels out and they want to sell more movies, mm-hmm. so why wouldn't they do it now? And then I watched the Blu-rays and I saw the changes and I was pissed. Yeah. I was lit the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like, like, as it was described, it was like, this was the stuff that George Lucas wanted to do. Or a lot of that stuff was stuff that he wanted to do, but he, they didn't have the technology for some of it yet. Uh, Like they didn't have the budget for some of it yet. And so like, he basically went through there and he like fixed the stuff that he didn't want to see that he had originally wanted to see. But there are some dialogue choices in there that made me feel like, okay, maybe George Lucas just isn't the greatest writer in the world in some situations. Yeah. But, so, like, I can't blame it all completely on the prequels. 
Yeah. But but at the same time, like I would I would really like to see extended editions, or I would like to see more content where. Uh, like I get the impulse because you mentioned this off camera how you're sick of studios doing stuff like this mm-hmm. where they where they do course correct later down the road, but if it was if it was something like that every single time yes I would I would be on the same board I would be on the same boat with you, but like I go back to the Lord of the Rings trilogy again, uh, where they released the extended editions and they added a bunch of stuff that I actually really liked, um, and now I won't. I won't watch the original versions of the movies. Like if I'm going to rewatch the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's going to be the extended editions because there was so much, so much more that they added in there. It's like, and I don't believe that they showed them in theaters, but I would love to see something like that for star Wars where they go through and they're like, Hey, these were, these were the things that we wanted to do that the studio said we either didn't have time or we didn't have budget. I, I I don't really believe that we don't have budget uh, excuse. Uh, I'd find that one a little bit odd, <laughs> given it's the Disney Empire. Right. But but I would actually like to see uh, film versions of them doing course, not necessarily course corrections, but maybe just adding in some stuff that they had to cut that would have made some of the decisions they made made more sense. Well, sure. I mean, I'm I'm right on there with you. If there's stuff for an extended edition... I don't, I don't consider that the same thing, you know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm always interested in deleted scenes. Um, there's that one, I, I'm sure you've seen it, there's a deleted, like a whole, like a, it's a long scene uh, from Revenge of the Sith where, like, Grievous kills a Jedi, Shock T, I think it was, and, and then um, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, escape through the floor and have to go through this tunnel with all this liquid before it blows up and everything. It was a whole, like, it was a huge sequence that they cut. It kind of made sense that they cut it, but, like, a movie with extended scenes like that, I I think that would be great. And, yeah, same way with Lord of the Rings. That's a whole other thing. That's, you know, that's an extended edition that adds more lore and everything. But, you know, interviews and comments and novelizations a year later with things that are more just to be like, see, it does make sense, but it didn't make sense when it was on the screen. It just feels like they did it after the fact to kind of fix something, you know? Or, I mean, same thing with, like, Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. I love those books. I love the movies. Um, But I started rolling my eyes when J.K. Rowling, I don't know, did she get bored? Did she think she was not being relevant anymore? It's crazy because Harry Potter is still such a exactly thing. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but <laughs> like, but she she started tweeting things like Dumbledore was gay. Um, and if you read between the lines, you can see it. No, you can't. You didn't write it that way. It's not <laughs> in the movies. It's not in the books. Now, you can argue with well, me all now. day. You can argue with me all day that well, that's her character. She can say it. Well, sure, but don't try to tell me that that's the case if you didn't have the balls to write it that way. Like, write it that way. It's You're a great writer. People love those books. I seriously doubt people were going to be like, I'm not reading Harry Potter if he's gay, you know, and do it subtly if you have to, but don't say it 10 years after you write the books and expect people to think that's legit because it's not. It doesn't feel Especially genuine. Especially when it's... Especially when it's like blatant pandering to the audience, right? Uh, that's like 
that's still supporting it super hardcore. Like I really, I really liked the movies for Harry Potter. I didn't read the books. Cece did. She's read them several times. And even she's irritated about some of the stuff that JK Rowling comes out and says, I don't even know if she's still doing it, but like a lot of the, like I, like I remember, <laughs> I remember specifically, um, I read like a little, a little Reddit, hi- uh, headline, for some reason, I couldn't think of the word. I was going to say highlight. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where that came from. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I read a Reddit headline uh, where uh, it was something It was something about the Weasley twins. I can't, I can't remember what it was specifically. But, uh, and <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even get, like, or, like, all I hear after I'm done reading it, before I even get a chance to look at her, I'm like, I just hear, ugh. <laughs> just like, like, just this immediate, like, disgust sound out of her voice like and and yeah as she's basically told me it's like she grew up reading those books uh she loved the she loved the books she loved the movies but she hates how much the movies actually left out so it's kind of like the reverse thing because the books were out way before the films were uh well at least the first few but uh yeah even she was getting kind of irritated about that so i guess there's a balance that needs to be struck um when it comes to when it comes to corrections like that and i'm i'm with you that the novelizations that they're doing with star wars seem to be going in the on the wrong end of that spectrum and harry potter also seems to be doing it but at least he's just like tweeting it and not like releasing a separate piece of content that like oh hey you didn't read between the lines in the book so here's this but also like i didn't see the the crimes of grindelwald but apparently they made Dumbledore gay in that one. Yeah, but even Just that to, like, was subtle. Solidified, I guess. I mean, and that's fine. You want to see younger, and and they didn't. It's not like they were like they cut to him making out with a dude or anything like that. That it was perfectly fine. He had a he had a a a, a way about him. Which was perfectly fine. I'm just I I wasn't like angry about that at all. I'm just like, you know, don't. Don't try to tell people it was there when it wasn't. You know, it's it's one thing to say, man, yeah. I really wish I would have had the courage to write this back then. But that's not what she said. She said it was like that all along. And then these know-it-all fans were like, yeah, I read it all. No, you didn't. It wasn't in there. It's fan <laughs> fiction. And it's even worse when it's creator or studio driven and supported fan fiction. That's what it is. And, yeah. you know, stuff like stuff like Star Wars... They, it's just it's got one major thing um, against it, and that's just time. You know, like people didn't go after the original trilogy because they just they didn't have any they didn't have years upon years to think about it and 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 come up with their own theories and break it down and analyze it. It was Star Wars, and then it was Empire Strikes Back, and then it was Return of the Jedi, and they were like, "What's next?" You know. And then it was this huge gap before we got the prequels, and the prequels were hated on because we just had we had years upon years of will it happen, won't it happen. Um, and then by the time it finally came out, it wasn't about releasing the next part of the saga. It was about appeasing the fans. And then the break between the prequels and Disney's acquisition, it was even more. And by that time, they said it. They admitted it that... Um, the Force Awakens was t- uh, a safe move, retreading the same lines to bring people back in. The whole new trilogy under Disney 
was pandering to the fans, afraid of the fans, and not not wanting to just do something new. So that's why I'm so excited about the next phase of Star Wars because they have they have bashed us over the head that the Skywalker saga is done. So everything else is new. Everything <laughs> supposedly is going to be new and without any expectations, they have a better chance to succeed. So I I hope that's what they do. Well, and, and with the announcement of the the High Republic, which We've only just heard about, like they they released some concept art and some covers, and that's basically it. But uh, not films; there's gonna be books, right? Uh, but hundreds, but set hundreds of years before uh, before the Skywalker saga or before the prequel films and all that, uh, which is great. It's like yes, don't make any connections. No connections. It's like, stop no teasing people. Cause then that's how you that's how you hurt your that's how you shoot yourself in the foot when you when you release content and artwork and titles and characters that that you know what you're doing you're you're teasing the people that like that stuff and they're kind of doing it still with the High Republic you know with the you know oh the Republic and the Knights of the Old Republic and is it gonna is it gonna be the same just don't man when you own it that means you have the freedom to do whatever the hell you want. So just do your own thing. And maybe maybe Ryan Johnson could have done something amazing for Star Wars, but they gave him the middle film in a trilogy that was already in the works. That's not how you introduce something new. That's why it didn't work. No. I mean, I I love Knives Out, and he's a great writer, clearly. So, you know, get some great writers, get some people that have some balls, and get some people in, in the uh, authority that will allow this stuff to happen so that we can get something new and not, you know, drenched. Oh my God, if we get another, if we get another uh, movie that spends the bulk of its time on Tatooine, I'm going to fucking shoot myself. Like, there's got to be other planets in the Star Wars galaxy than Tatooine. You know, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> just... Have you, have you gotten around to playing... Uh... Jedi Fallen Order? No, because I don't have a console and I don't do much PC gaming. I heard it's great though. Oh, oh, dude. Uh, I mean, it's it's right up your alley as far as what's going on because there's like, so there was there's one connection that stands out in my mind to the original series uh, because it takes place immediately after, like, f- just a matter of years after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Um. Uh, and there's like one connection that I actually hear where a holocron, like it's very early on in the story where uh, a holocron uh, plays the message that Obi Wan sent out, but it's just like a, it's just like a few seconds of it. And so you hear, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Ewan McGregor's voice, but it sounded very much like, um, very much like Obi Wan Kenobi. And that's like the only thing that where it like really sticks out. His his master is not somebody that you've seen in the films. None of the character, none of the characters are ones that you've seen from the films. Interesting, uh, except for like one. Uh, but like even the even the one that they even the one from the films that they put in there, like it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Um, like like it was, it's a completely original story. I've heard it's very cinematic, <laughs> and I I I would like to play it at some point. The trailers kind of reminded me of, um, even though I know it's a totally different story, but. Uh, the Unleashed 
um, games, The Force Unleashed. I loved those oh. games, and I, I even loved the yeah. books. I thought those were great. But those were definitely – those were like the bridge. That that was after the prequels and, and way before Disney, and they were definitely trying to you know, keep, keep Star Wars alive at that point. Yeah, the first one uh, for a bit, I think somebody asked George Lucas about it. And just with the, like the story that they gave out, like apparently he approved it as canon. Well, yeah, because they did make uh, books of it, so I assumed it was. Yeah, uh, like he liked it enough to where he approved it as canon. Uh, I would love it if they uh, if they made Jedi Fallen Order canon because because it's great and it also does not like poke any holes in uh, in any of the other films. Uh, but it's but yeah, you are you're right. It's very cinematic. Yeah. Uh, like Cameron Monaghan, uh, he plays the Joker in the Gotham series. Right. Uh, did the mocap and the voice acting for the for the lead character. Yeah, and the character and looks he, like uh, him he, too. They did really well with with making him. Yeah, yeah, no, they they did that with all the actors, I believe. Yeah. Um, that were a part of it. Well, I feel like uh, we. But yeah, they crushed it. I feel like we've talked this to death, but I mean, again, you know, it just comes oh, I could down talk to talk about it forever. I know, I know, we could. <laughs> again, <laughs> it, I could keep going. I think most people are, uh, you know, they're they're upset with the novelization. They're upset that the novelization not only conflicts with the movie, but other materials that's that Disney has released. And it's just like at the end of the day, man, if you're going to buy a property, invest in people to to uh invest in editors man invest not in just like ed- like grammar but content because the people are upset that they're retconning not only the movie but apparently there was a visual dictionary that released as well that <clears throat> that conflicts with like the uh the clone stuff with palpatine so if you're going to release stuff yeah. make sure it's all on the same page it's not that hard <laughs> it's really not you just pay a nice little department to uh to read all of that and to know all of that and if it gets too big that's a problem so keep it tight but um yeah they they need to have like a creative director for like each uh piece of media like written media mm-hmm. like comics books films television series and then have those people get together and be like hey my team's working on this does this poke holes in yeah. anything they're like yes don't fucking do that work together don't put force don't put force heal into this <laughs> into this movie because nobody else is going to understand it except for the hardcore star wars fans and everybody's gonna get pissed about it but see and make a bunch of memes about how many things could get fixed they clearly had meetings <laughs> about the force healing because what what released the day before rise of skywalker they released that mandalorian, <laughs> the mandalorian episode, episode a day early and that that episode had force healing, so so you couldn't go into that movie and be like, that never happened. Well, it's in the Mandalorian, <laughs> so they clearly had meetings about that. Yeah, it was it was very unfortunate that it was like the the last. Uh, like, I really wish that they had introduced the force healing in in the Force Awakens. Yeah, give because it, it, it would have been like okay, yeah. Well, it's like the Force Awakened, and new abilities have shown up. And then in the next film, we, like, cause we didn't really see her do anything new, uh, with the force. Like it was, it was pretty standard. And so like when I heard force awakens, I was thinking, okay, some new stuff is going to be coming out. Right. It's been dormant. Let's, let's see what happens here. Right. And then in the last Jedi, they had like the, the matter teleportation. And I loved it. Like I was like, I love that concept. That's an awesome thing. And then they, but they really didn't take really good advantage of that until 
Rise of Skywalker, and the sequences that they did with it there were awesome. Yeah. But the force healing just wasn't earned. I was like, you need to, like, that. if that had been, like, exclusive to Rey, be like, hey, this is something that she can do and has only really been introduced to the universe thus far, except for Baby Yoda's species. You know what, dude? If they make Baby Yoda related to Yoda, I'm going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm going to lose my goddamn shit. You want to got down some sometime. <laughs> this is his 50-year-old I am, kid. <laughs> I will I will lose my goddamn mind if they do that. It's just like no, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it. First of all, it doesn't make it doesn't really make sense. Well, I mean, it kind of does. He's he's super high up. He had an affair. He wanted to keep it hidden. There was like a there was another member of his species on the Jedi mm-hmm. Council. I I like in the in episode one, like you saw yeah. it. But if they do that, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. I know, I I'm gonna know. be so mad. I, I want there to be a secret race, and and Yoda thought he was the last, and that's why he went to, you know, that uh, that swamp planet to uh, to hang out in in misery. Dagobah. Dagobah. Uh, he exiled himself, but apparently he's not the last one, and and I I like that. I like. I think that's cool. So, we'll see. We'll I, see I like the idea of him not of him not having a home planet and all that stuff, and like there's only a few, and they've been scattered out. And yeah. Yeah, and how to, um, I, I really want to know the backstory. I want to know how Baby Yoda got there, and if he's fifty years old, does he have like the child of a mind or a mind? What am I? What am I? I, I can't talk all of a sudden. Does he have a mind like a child, or does he have a mind like a fifty-year-old? You know, like what is? Yeah, do the, do like their mental maturity go at the at the slow rate like everything else does? Yeah. Or? Why can't he talk? I after mean, fifty years, stuff like that. I mean, adult adult Yoda was kind of a <laughs> was kind of a, a funny douche in some situations, and Baby Yoda kind of had that sass attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna do what I want, dude. Yeah. If I want to push this button, I'm gonna push this fucking button, and I'm gonna stare at you while I do it. <laughs> what are you gonna do? That keeps on you ain't gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's one of my favorite gif one of my favorite gifs or memes out of the whole thing was that scene. It is. Like that one, that one was a gift. <laughs> it was. I love it, and I well, I'll, I'll watch so, it every time. So aside from, so aside from Star Wars, Harry Potter, and Lord of the Rings, since we already talked about those, are there any novelizations that did do it right uh, for movies? <clears throat> um, Anything sticks out? You mean you mean you like mean the movie last, adaptations the last of a book novel? That I remember is that what you're saying? Yeah, like the last movie that I uh, that whose book I read for my cat. I don't know what you are doing, dude, but you need to stop. <laughs> Um, the last book that I read uh, that had a not that had a movie come out was actually Ready Player One. Ugh. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, I can think of some. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it like so. Let's. I want to know what because you've definitely. I mean, as a as a novelist yourself, you've you've also done a lot more reading than I have. So I read a lot. Uh, I got to defer to your knowledge here. Yeah, I I read a lot, and I could. There's a. I was trying to come up with ones that I that I'd really like to see adapted, but a lot of the books I've read have been adapted. I remember the first one that I really came across when I was young was Michael Crichton's uh, Sphere. Um, I remember when I was super young and I saw Jurassic Park and I realized that was based on a book. I started picking up as many Michael Crichton books as I could, and all of those Jurassic Park books are are uh, the movies are nothing like the book. Any any book that any movie they made that was based on a Michael Crichton book was not good, with the exception of Sphere. 
it was almost completely word for word an adaption. And it had Sam Neill from Jurassic Park. It had Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and it was creepy and it was just underwater sci-fi drama. Um, and it's definitely a weird movie and a weird book. But that was an extremely faithful adaption. And it's the first one that comes to my head immediately. So you did... Okay, I, I, I must have heard you wrong, Larry, but you say that you did not like Jurassic Park? Like that it wasn't a good adaption or you didn't like no, it? No, no, I, I was sad that the that the books didn't... Um, that the books were different. I saw Jurassic Park as a movie and I really liked it. And then I realized it was based on a book. So okay. I read the book and I was like, whoa, these are, these are so different. And then I and then uh, Jurassic Park Two, the Lost World or whatever, was way different yep. than the book. And the book was actually better. Jurassic Park: The Lost World, the book was better than the movie. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of a thing. Like they just couldn't adapt Michael Crichton's work well. But somehow they got Sphere right. Sphere was great. And then later on we got Westworld, which isn't based on a Michael Crichton book, but it's based on a Michael Crichton movie. One of the few movies he wrote and directed way back in the day. And, and Westworld was kind of his baseline for Jurassic Park. Because he wrote, he wrote and directed Westworld like 25, 30 years before Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park is basically Westworld with dinosaurs. So, um, right. yeah. And that, that HBO adaption has been great. So, um, I do like that. Trying to think of other ones. What about you? Yeah, I haven't seen the second season yet, but the first se- the first season was great. Well, the third season's but, about to drop, so yeah, I need to I need to get caught up before that. I need to reactivate my HBO because I can't like. <laughs> so uh, the big one that comes to mind, obviously for me, is Game of Thrones. Uh, I <laughs> I really liked the show for like the first four seasons. Uh huh. The fifth season, the fifth season, kind of started tapering off for me, um, and then six was okay. Seven just dropped off the map for me completely. But um, we could have a whole podcast. Like I was, I was told, <laughs> like I really want. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to go too far down that road because yeah. <laughs> down the like the movie side yeah. of the road. Um, but I haven't read any of the books, and I'm like, I need to know. Like somebody needs to comment on this. And tell me if I should read the books. Oh no! Um, you just opened up Pandora's like, box. I know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I but I want to know, like, because like like looking at some of the lore, uh, like I've watched some YouTube videos of like some like some fan theories that obviously mention uh, stuff that's going on in the books and how much stuff that they've left out of the books that actually sound like really cool concepts. Sure. Uh, really kind of makes me sad. But at the same time, I can see why they wouldn't do it because they, for some reason, they just seem they wanted to get the series over with. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what the last couple seasons felt like. They're just like, we need to just get this shit off our plate. Well, it's like, and I won't go too deep into but, it, but I kind of felt for them. I mean, they have these actors that they got when, for the most part, you know, with the exception of like Sean Bean, <clears throat> most of these actors they got when they were young, when they were super young, when they were nobody, and now they're not nobody. Yep, and. What are they going to do? Are they going to hold their contracts while they wait for uh, uh, George R. R. Martin to get off his lazy ass and finish some books? I mean, they, you know, it's not like they, those those kids would still be just waiting around, waiting for the next book to, to be done. And I'm sure their agents were like, look, 
uh, either shit or get off the pot. So um, they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and um, it could have it could have been a lot worse than it was. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of yeah. hard to adapt yeah, something I, I when it's still it going. Been. Yeah, and that, and that, well, that's the thing. That's the that seems to be running the running joke uh, is that the last like the next book. I don't know if it's the last book or if it's just the next book, but like it's never going to happen apparently. <laughs> like everybody's like making the joke that it's going to end up like Half-Life 3. Yeah. <laughs> it's not coming. I mean, there's so many people that uh, said it's already yeah, there. As far yeah. as as I mean, as far as books go, obviously like I'm not I'm not too well versed in that, but there are a lot of video games that I would like to see adapted as films or series. Mm-hmm. Uh just to, just kind of like just to kind of see what they can do. Um, the uh, I mean it's a t- it's it's kind of a it's kind of a tough one because they've already done it once, but they really didn't do it right. Uh, but the Assassin's Creed series, um, the first three, like it, like they didn't follow the they didn't follow the game, like they didn't they didn't take the same character. Um, so when I when I first heard that the movie was being released, uh, I was really excited because the first three uh, chapters of the games um, could very easily be very cinematic. Like they felt very cinematic. Uh, and then I heard that they were going to get, that they had Michael Fassbender. I was like, Oh my God. Uh, like he's going to play Desmond. He's going to crush it. And it's, and it's going to be incredible. And then I found out there was a different character, but I would still like to see uh, them do uh, an Assassin's Creed movie based off of the first game. Uh, like I, I, I really, really like to see that still. Uh, one that I thought would be, I mean, first of all, it'd be compl- in, completely impractical for the studio. But have you ever played the Just Cause series? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, yeah, it could be just the absolute like, like, like that one would have to be a comedy series, just like a ridiculous B movie or something like that, like. Like that is a that is an adaptation where if they just like went into it knowing that it wasn't going to be good, like where they're like, you know what? Let's get the guy who made Samurai Cop. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just let's just let's just see how bad we can make this movie, make it intentionally corny, make it intentionally stupid. Just lean into it. I think I think that one would be rock solid for sure. (laughs) Like, like I've. I've been watching The Witcher, uh, and so far, like that's and that's based off of books, and the games are based off of the books. Right. Uh, and so far, I'm I'm liking it. Like it took me a while to jump on the train, but yeah, I'm liking it so far. Yeah, yeah. The I love. I'm glad you're finally watching it because it's a great show. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I I have thought of more. Um, as far as movies are concerned, The Silence of the Lambs, and. Ed, Ed Norton's uh, Red Dragon, those two were great adaptions. They were fantastic. Han- yeah. Han- Hannibal yep. was not, but Signs of the Lambs, holy crap. I don't know if you've ever read the book, but it was a great adaption. I did not, but the movie the movie terrified me for years. Yeah, well, it did, it did me too. <laughs> it was a great movie. That was back in the day when uh, thrillers existed. You know, you didn't need to be a horror movie that was drenched in gore and, and oh, jump scares. That. It was a different time for sure. But, um, oh, and Gone Girl. Gone Girl is a great movie and a great adaption of a great book. Um, but to what you were just talking about, to your credit, it seems like 
the age-old issue of, man, packing such a great book into an hour and a half, two-hour movie, that's not really a problem anymore because you have places like HBO and Amazon and Netflix that are willing to fund eight-hour adaptions, eight- to ten-hour adaptions of a book. So you've got stuff like The Expanse, which uh, Sci-Fi originally put out, and now Amazon saved it. And I love The Expanse. I think there's three or four seasons out right now, and while I'm waiting for the next one to come out, I have been listening to them on Audible. And it is, I've never read the books before, but it is crazy how word for word those seasons per book have been. It's crazy. They did it so well. It's bizarre to me how well they did it. And and I love it. I love that someone behind that, the showrunners behind that show were like, this is an amazing book. Let's not try to put our own spin on it. Let's just do it. Let's adapt it. That's what an adaption is. And and they've done it really well. Another an, current one, HBO's The Outsider, um, which I think is the least aggressive adaption of a Stephen King property because every other adaption has, has come with major scrutiny. And even though they've added their own touch to The Outsider, there's definitely a lot of supplemental material going on. So far, the nine out of the ten episodes that I've seen are amazing. The tenth episode finale comes out next week, and I cannot wait for it. Um, and then the only other one that came to mind was The Walking Dead, which I understand a lot of people have fallen off right, um, yeah. over the last couple of years, but it is a very faithful adaption of the comics. And every time I see that... For a while. Well, yeah. I mean, it's still it's still fairly faithful. I know they've done some other stuff, but it's still fairly faithful. And... Yeah, they they made enough change they made enough changes where it was like hey we we want to be able to surprise comic book readers as well yeah but still things like, like we got we got to throw some curveballs in there when Negan showed up and the Whisperers showed up that still wasn't like so different it it was still like the people that were fans of those arcs within the comics were like yes we're finally getting to this like it's it's kept with the overall plot fairly well and. Mm-hmm. To its credit, every time I see another article of oh the 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 ratings or the viewing uh, for uh, viewing numbers for The Walking Dead are the lowest it's ever been. To, <laughs> that's a great uh, clickbaity headline, but even as 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 much as last year, it was still one of the top shows on television, like period. On regular television, it was still pulling in some of the top numbers ever. So yeah, it might have dipped yeah. since the first couple seasons, but it's still it's still making AMC money. Otherwise, they wouldn't continue making the show. So uh, you got to give credit where credit's due. Speaking of which, do you think that the era, like like because Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, like these these are all series that were just about every person was talking about them to some degree. Um, and now like breaking bad's done. Uh, game of Thrones is done. <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, Westworld's kind of jumping up in there, I guess. Uh, cause Westworld, I mean, and they deserve it based off of the first season. I can see them deserving it. And HBO honestly needs another flagship show. <laughs> uh, now that game of Thrones is gone, yeah. but like, do you think that that era of uh, of television shows taking over, and in popularity like they were, is kind of over. 
Like, do you, like because we're, I mean, we're running into so many instances where, uh, where, where shows are being streamed, and that's what's, uh, and that's what's taken off. Yeah. Like we're okay. Like the like I really like the way that the Mandalorian was handled, where they didn't release it all at once, and they did make you wait in between. Right. Do you like? Do you think that that had like? Do you think that shows like that have a, a bigger effect because of the wait time in between them, and lets the anticipation build, or like Stranger Things is another series that's kind of like that, where pe- like it just blew up. People loved it. People were talking about it like crazy, but you could also binge that one in a day if you wanted to. Well, yeah, because that's like, Netflix's do you feel like model. The, yeah. yeah, I feel like. Do you, Do you feel like there's a formula that studios should kind of stick to, or I, or is that era gone of making people wait for a series? I think. I don't think that era is gone. I think just the type of content is just is 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 changing. I think the long form, multi season television shows are going away. Or they're being produced for much, much less. I mean, uh, 10 years ago, it was not uncommon for almost every major TV show to be 15, 21 episodes a season. Now, most of the time, people don't want that. They really don't want that because they know they would bet hard money that of the 22 episodes in an Arrow season maybe only five are going to be worth it, and then the rest are going to be filler content that they could easily just skip over and not miss any of the plot. And, and you know, you got shows like Game of Thrones, which did well, but it is one of the few examples that a show can go that long and, and still bring on new fans. Like, people wanted, in that, in that last season, people wanted to start from the beginning and get caught up. I know, like, five people that in the summer before that last season came out they started streaming uh, that show from episode one. They've never seen it, but it's clear that the that the the bigger ones, the more popular ones, the ones that are doing most well, are these mini series where you know, like like um, Big Little Lies, where it was two seasons. I think it was like eight episodes a season. It's very short. It's very tight. Not a lot of room for filler. Not a lot of room for BS. And they can put a lot of production into it. And they can bring on big stars because it's not a five, six-year commitment. It's like a year commitment. And they can do an eight-hour movie and then be done. And the return on investment is high for places like HBO. Um, And then they can have, you know, five years, they can have five big miniseries instead of one five-year show that if people don't like it, eh, that's where all the money went, you know. So... Uh, I think just the yeah. the the method is changing and, and, and people are leaning more towards these one, two season, eight to ten episode miniseries instead of super long uh, multi-season shows. Now, uh, now I, I mentioned Stranger Things uh, and it did kind of bring up a thought in my head. Like, I, I, I agree with the direction that you're going down, but like I have to talk about mm-hmm. this now. Um, and spoiler alert for people who are fans of the the Stranger Things series. Um, but the teaser came out. Did you watch that? Yeah. I did. I'm I'm sorry I didn't hear it. I did okay. watch it. Yeah. Uh, how do how do you feel about them revealing uh, that Hopper's alive and on a Russian prison camp work thing, whatever you want to call it, a chain game, basically? Well, first off, when I first saw it, it was shared through someone's Instagram. 
and it didn't have the bumper that actually said Netflix or Stranger Things 4. It didn't have any of that. It was just the clip. And I thought it was a huge con um, and that this was actually a deleted scene from the upcoming Black Widow movie because his character is kind of in a prison in Russia or somewhere in the Black Widow movie. So I thought somebody had taken that scene and was putting it out there to kind of trick people to think that this was somehow Stranger Things 4 related. Uh, And I was like, ha ha, I see what's going on. But then I was the idiot because every other version of that on the internet had Netflix and Stranger Things 4 tag on there. So um, I think it's cool. It would be hilarious, though. Like, Like it's perfect. Oh, my God, that would be hilarious. It would be. Like, they they even called it From Russia With Love. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it would be perfect. I don't, I mean, everybody saw it coming. There's not one person in the planet that believed he was dead at the end of that. They set it up. Had they not put that little thing at the end that said, hey, go get that American from the Russian prison cell, people might have thought that he was dead. But they put that on there, and no one thought that that wasn't Hopper. So, if anything, this is just confirming it, like, hey, he's still around, you know, but... uh, it wasn't like a big surprise. It was, was just like, okay, you you finally said it for sure. Yeah, that was kind of why it didn't bother me because it's just like, like just from just from the comic book world and like, no no body, no dead, right? That's <laughs> really really what it comes down to. It's like if you don't if you don't see a body, they ain't dead. Yeah, and they made it way <laughs> so, a huge point not to show him oh, die. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They panned way away yeah. from that when that happened, so you knew. You knew he wasn't dead. And a lot of people were like, well, they didn't want us to see Hopper get disintegrated like those like those scientists in the first piece of it or whatever, in like the first part of the first episode. Right. I was like, yeah, sure. But they also didn't show us, they also didn't show having a funeral form or anything like that either. Right. And as... So they really didn't want to solidify that they'd killed him off. They did. They they really left it a little too open ended for it to be believable. Yeah, it was. Over but how top. do you feel about them releasing it in a teaser like that instead of having it be revealed in the show? I think it's probably. Like, does it not matter? Nab- it's probably the most. Does it not matter because we kind of already knew? I mean, it. Yeah, I don't think it does. I I think it's probably a very minuscule part of the plot. Okay. I can't imagine that being a huge plot point of the fourth season. There's got to be more than that, you know? So I, I'm fine with it. I'm perfectly fine with it. And and as gory as season three was, the fact that they didn't want to show him disintegrated, I was like, bullshit. They, they, he just didn't die. They, they, <laughs> that was a gory season. So, uh, but no, I would oh. hope it's not. Yeah. I hope the whole fourth season doesn't revolve around some rescue mission for him. Because that doesn't sound that good. So I'm assuming they dropped it because it's to get you excited, but it's really not spoiling anything. Be way better if he got out of there on his own. Like, just just went on full on, fa- just went full fat Rambo again. Oh, yeah. And got out on his own. He better not be fat I Rambo. I, I mean, all that labor he's doing, I want him, I want him jacked. <laughs> yeah. I want him coming out of Russian yeah. prison like, you know, like uh, Rocky did, getting ready for the fight with Rocky Four. I want him jacked because of all the Siberian uh, uh, exercise he's going to do out there. 
Well, he's supposed to be fat in Black Widow, and they wrapped on that movie a while back, so maybe he's had time to, like, all right, we got the teaser over with. Go ahead and get muscular now so you can come back and finally win Will's mom over. <laughs> I know. I'm so he's confused like, about I mean, he just goes from fat to jacked to fat because he got jacked for Hellboy. So I'm like, did he do yeah, did. Black Widow before Hellboy? And then he got jacked for Hellboy, or did he get jacked for Hellboy, and then he had to get fat again for Black Widow? And now he's like, which way am I going to go for Strange Things Season 4? So give this dude a break, man. Know, Pick man. a lane. He must, be doing, he must be doing the Christian Bale method, dude, because that man, <laughs> fuck. Like, that, that, that man's a transformer. Yeah, well, Christian Bale said he's done with Convinced. that. So, um, yeah, uh, that eventually pro- uh, takes his a toll. His doctor will probably thank him. <laughs> his doctor's probably on board with that theory, too. But like, yeah, no, you should be right. done because you're going to die. Right. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I could keep going, but we probably shouldn't. We because we're at an because we're we're just we're we're at about an hour now, so it'd probably be safe for us to to go ahead and drop for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like keeping um, it at an hour. This is this has been a good talk. And and we had some post Star Wars conversation. It wasn't wasn't all Star Wars. So, yeah, we got around. We talked about some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah We got there. I, I didn't go down the Game of Thrones rabbit hole. Thank God. Like I, like I've done in our past past stuff because I mean everybody everybody who follows us knows how much I hate how that went. But right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, everybody listening, uh, if you have the ability to comment below based off of what medium you're listening to us on, uh, I know that it isn't uh, that this isn't on YouTube and probably won't be honestly. Probably won't put through the effort to get that RSS feed going to get it back up on YouTube but uh, if you can't comment below hit us up on social media and just like tag us like episode 2 you said this and I liked it or <laughs> I I didn't like it and I'm going to tell you why <laughs> let us know let us know you can find us on pretty much every social media uh, platform out there at Nerf Herders Assemble and uh, my name is Seth Jones I'm here with Josh Howell and we will see you the next time we decide to assemble I don't know what we're going to talk about we'll find out I guess sounds fun who knows we'll see what happens take it easy everybody <laughs>